Welcome, welcome, welcome. This is the Distraction Pieces Podcast, episode 275. And my guest today is someone that a lot of you have been requesting for a long time. When I announced it on the uh, the Secret Patreon gang, people got incredibly excited. It's Mr. Charlie Brooker. I was very pleased and excited to have Charlie on. Uh, I'm a big fan of his work. I've been a fan of his work, as we discuss, s- since his his Guardian Guide days and Dead Set and all of the various wipes, all of the various kunks, all of the various things that kunk is on. And obviously, Black Mirror. Uh, we recorded this. We were going to record it before the new Black Mirrors came out. But then, as you know, it's tough to get me on press junkets because... Press junkets, you generally get a five to ten minute slot, maybe fifteen at a push, and I always need a minimum of forty five. I won't, I won't take any less. Um, but we managed to make it work a few weeks after they came out. So here it is now. If you've not seen the new series of Black Mirror, I've loved it. In this episode, we discuss how it's a. A few people have been annoyed that it's a three episode series. Charlie explains and made me realise swiftly how greedy and forgetful we all are um so that was good but we didn't talk about the episodes much because we had so much to fit into this this 45 minutes so before we get going i want to just quickly say that striking vipers the first of the new series is one of my favorites yet um up there with i loved hanging the dj as a favorite of mine and numerous others but yeah striking vipers blew me away i've i've I don't know if it's getting the hype it's deserved. I've started to see some second wave hype for it, but it really surprised me where it went. It, every time I thought I knew where it was going, it didn't. I loved it. I really think it's one of the best ones. I think on the IMDb ratings, it's currently the s- s- second most popular in this, this series. Episode two is the most popular, which is also fantastic. I enjoyed all of them. Um, there's been a bit of hate on episode three, I think. Uh, we kind of touch upon that, um, but that's, I think a lot of that is because it's Miley Cyrus in it and people love to love and hate Miley Cyrus. Um, like I said, I really enjoyed all three episodes. Um, but the first one in particular, Striking Vipers, I recommend you go and check it out if you haven't yet. It's really good. Uh, th- other things to tell you about. Oh, next week's guest. I often hold these off, but man, I'm on a run. So last week I had Jed Mercurio, the showrunner, writer, creator of Line of Duty, of Bodyguard, bodies of numerous other things this week obviously i've got charlie brooker the showrunner writer creator of black mirror uh, as i've said the various wipes all the kunk on britain kunk on shakespeare kunk on christmas i think was one um but then next week i've got mr danny boyle the legend the danny Boyle, and we had a really good chat again it's another one where Impress junkets, it's mad. I'm so lucky to get these these long slots, these 40, 45, 50 minute chats. It's craziness. So that's next week's guest. Um, you should be very excited about that. The reason the press junket he was on was for his new film yesterday, which I saw recently. I loved it. Legit, I loved it. I'd seen the trailer and I thought it looks good, but I thought it was an idea. Weirdly, I thought it was an idea. It's probably good to feel a black mirror episode <laughs> but is it enough to hold throughout a film and it and it is it is because it's what i'd 
I, I feel embarrassed to have ever doubted it. It's Richard Curtis, obviously a legend of, of British film, but Danny Boyle is a beast. Um, and he's made this, the, the, the storyline is that a, ki- a, a lad bangs his head. Then when he wakes up or comes out of a coma, no one in the world has ever heard of the Beatles and they've never existed. So he then starts to play their songs and become the, the biggest pop star in the world, which is, it's great. It's the kind of thing that you discuss in a pub and again, the, the kind of thing that you'd think, oh, that'd be a good Black Mirror episode. But as I said, I was concerned, but I loved it. Genuinely, the 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 cast is amazing and the, the relationships and friendships in it is what's cool. And then it makes any of the little cool twists and turns of the effect removing the Beatles from the world would have. You then get to sprinkle them and it becomes these cool little additions. And yeah, it's good. I recommend it, it highly. It's out this week. And I recommend you go and see it in the, in the cinemas. A lot of you will know I'm a big advocate of attending cinemas. And this is a film I'm putting my weight behind. And you can listen to it before next week's podcast. We, we don't necessarily have spoilers or no spoilers that are any bigger than are in the trailer, I don't think, really. But go and watch it first. It'll be nice prep. Then next week, as said, the legendary Mr. Danny Boyle. Um, man, I'm rambling, aren't I? I'll pop back at the end to give you a bit more information about uh, what's going on at scroobiuspip.com slash Patreon at the moment. The speech development web store, goddamn. I, I mentioned in last week's episode I was hoping to get some of the the these sunglasses I've made that, honestly, I can't order enough to keep them in stock. That's how stupid... These sunglasses are the most successful thing I've ever done, and that embarrasses me. That is shameful. I put so much work into this podcast and into script writing and acting and all these other things. And obviously, a 10-year music career, yet the most successful thing I've ever done is this idea I had for these cool sunglasses. But anyway, I mentioned last week I'd be getting them back in stock. They've come come back in stock. Half of them sold out in the first day. There might be some left. I don't know. But yeah, it's bonkers. Um, are we talk here about uh, Netflix as well. And it's... If you enjoy this episode, maybe go back and listen to the Mark Miller episode where we have some really good chats um, about Netflix. And just from talking personally, from talking to Ricky Gervais as well, not on the podcast, um, they're just, I reckon, they seem like when they get behind something, they get behind it. It's why I've got scripts that I'm trying to get them to pay attention to um, at the moment. But when they get behind something, they get behind something. So, um, yeah. It's exciting the the freedom that people like Netflix and Amazon and that are providing. Um, or did you see the? I'm just chatting now. Sorry, this is a long intro. Did you see the Good Omens thing recently? So Good Omens is a series by Neil Gaiman based on the Terry Pratchett and Neil Gaiman book. Um, it's fantastic. I'm going to be having Neil Gaiman on the podcast later in the year, and hopefully Michael Sheen, who was in, in Good Omens. But it was this hilarious thing that this. Uh, this religious group did some big protest and got votes um, and a petition to stop Netflix making any more episodes of Good Omens. And number one, it's a standalone series that has a beginning and an end, so there's no plans to make new episodes. Number two, it wasn't made by Netflix. (laughs) It was made by Amazon. But Netflix got wind of this and they retweeted it as well saying we promise to not make any more good omens and then amazon got behind that and said if you don't make any more good omens we will promise not to make any more stranger things and yeah it was good 
internet bants. Um, anyway, God, this is a long intro. This is episode 275 of the Distraction Pieces podcast with the one, Mr. Charlie Brooker. Joined today by Charlie Brooker. How are you, sir? I'm all right. Listen, yeah. I think you're possibly my most requested guest. Really? Um, yeah, it's it's been one for a long while that people have been keen for us to have a chat. So okay, I'm pleased to have made it work. Good. No snap, snap, which is something that I keep saying in America. Snap, and they really? don't understand what they, they're, 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 well, well, it means like oh shit, doesn't it over there? Yeah. yeah. So people, oh, so yeah. I would immediately insult people. Yeah. So they'd say something like, oh, hello, I'm, I'm, you know, like, if you met somebody, this now sounds like I'm going to, like, name drop or something, you'd meet somebody who was, like, quite well known or something, and they'd say, I'm a fan of your work, and you go, oh, snap! And it's like you've just gone off. <laughs> yeah, so I would often get onto the, off on the wrong foot with people. I mean, how are you finding that with, with the rise of Black Mirror, but particularly in America that all of a sudden you will be meeting these these huge people who are big fans. And it's very much a TV show that is... It's like um, there's rappers that are every every rapper's favourite rapper. Right. Black Mirror feels like a TV... People in the TV industry's favourite TV show. Oh, that's good to know. If that's it's true, that's, that's, right? that would be good. It's weird in that we... And I'm speaking now... On behalf of like my for myself and like Annabelle, who's like the co showrunner, Annabelle yes. Jones. We don't and we quite often remark on this, we don't really get a sense of like how the, the show's like reach, for want of a better word, or overall popularity until we go out like we have to do a promotional thing or something like that. Because most of the time we're just busily making the show. Yeah. yeah <laughs> do you know yeah. what I mean? And because it there's a lot of work involved and a lot of the time it's just Either I'm sitting typing in a room or we're, I'm sitting in an edit suite or there's a lot of fairly insular stuff you're doing. And because I've now got two young kids and I hardly go out, which is fine by me, yeah. I don't often get a sense of of that. It's, it's, it's when you go abroad and, like, you go to check into the hotel or something and they either recognise your name or whatever and they say, oh, I love your show. That's quite that's I still find that quite shocking. Yeah. So it's quite surreal. And if you do, when I have gone to things where you meet a, a famous person or whatever who has heard of the show or wants to be on it, even yeah, that is really that is a sort of imposter syndrome meets just basic like inability to cope with what's happening in the moment is what unfolds in your head. There, imposter syndrome is a thing that's that's come up the most on this podcast, and it blew right. me away with. Armando Iannucci, it's like, yeah. he's Armando Iannucci, and he's, like, convinced that any second people are going to go, oh, you're actually rubbish, aren't you? Yeah. You don't know what you're doing. And yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a bizarre one. But you, I want to go back there. You mentioned Annabelle Jones, and mm. I think it's key to talk about Annabelle because mm. I've got a weird theory, mm-hmm. and I think because of Annabelle, mm-hmm. you are the Drake of TV, and I'll explain this. Okay. So there's two, there's two reasons, right? So first of all, Drake... Or whether you love him or hate him, he kind of has always made his kind of music and then that's become the popular. Mm-hmm. So rather than making what is popular, makes what he wants and makes it popular. But the key part is Drake has got to a, a level where he could work with any producers in the world, but mm-hmm. he continues to work with the people he started off with because his perception seems to be that what the people know as Drake 
isn't just him. It's him and his producers and everyone who's built this yes. public perception of Drake. And Charlie Brooker mm-hmm. is, is the person who gets uh, most of the attention for Black mm-hmm. Mirror. But it feels like from day one, Annabelle has been a key part from dead set to the various wipes mm-hmm. that it feels like you've <laughs> the kind various of, wipes, <laughs> the various wipes over the yeah. years. Um, so yeah, that's my long weird theory of why you, you are the, the Drake of TV, but that's it feels like Annabelle's a key and under almost underrated part of. Uh, yeah, of, I would agree with that. I think that, I mean, now, and now increasingly we've been doing more stuff where we do press together yeah. and stuff like that. So I think generally speaking, that's, that's slightly shifting. I do think it's fair to say that, you know, I tend to like, like they did a thing, we did a thing for the Guardian a few weeks ago yeah. where we did an interview and they put my photo on the front, which I thought was a bit like, it, it implies that the show is made by one person, which yeah. it is not. And so we collaborate very closely, obviously on, on every, so we're co-showrunners on, on Black Mirror and indeed we were on Dead Set. And, yeah. So I, even though I might be writing the scripts, I think probably to an outsider who's watching it that, in a weird way, writing the script is only one part of the script. Yeah. yeah and definitely. so, like, it's all the other decisions that are made which really affect whether because you could write a brilliant script and it could be you could but you you know it could end up being dog shit when you've sort of finished with it. Yeah. So from that point on, what you're trying to do is safeguard. You're simultaneously trying to safeguard what it is that you're trying to capture in the script while also being open to changing it and hopefully improving it along the way. Yeah. The other thing that sometimes erroneously comes up is people thinking, oh, well, Charlie's the creative one and then Annabelle makes it happen. So she's like an engineer, yeah. like yeah. who, whereas that's not the case. So, so as, as though all the other decisions are creative art. decisions as well. <laughs> so that, yes, exactly. So there are a lot like, so every decision you're making along the way is a creative decision. And then yeah. in the edit, for instance, we're sitting there together, like, and, and most of the time it's what it works because most of the time we agree. So about 95% of the time, I would say we, we agree on, you know, you know, or it, or we'll come to an agreement. Like she'll yeah. say something like, Oh, I think we should cut the sequence, the, the, the sequence where such and such a thing is happening. And I'm like, no way. Are you crazy? And then like, I'll sleep on it and think, Oh yeah. 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 All right. Yeah, you were right. So, I mean, and, 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 and of course, across the board, there's an unbelievable number of people who are, you know, so the directors are having, obviously, tons and tons of yeah. input and feedback. Actors are suggesting things. You've got, you know, the costume, the design people, the costume people, the, you know, people building the sets, people designing the, you know, everything you have, you know, the look of all the computer systems, whatever gadgets and gizmos we've got in the, the episode – these are all special effects. They're all, you know, it's all, it's not like, you know, one person, like auteur theory is such shit yeah. when it comes to any kind of filmed entertainment, I think. I mean, 100%. auteur theory, if, if, if it's a solo album, well, maybe then you've got a producer. If it's a novel, I guess, that's, yeah. that's where you've got an auteur um, or a painter. But other than that, I don't, it's I've, nonsense. I've, I've come from spoken word mm-hmm. into acting mm. and it's, Thankfully, I find I found it amazing because again, that that thing of it being out of your control, mm-hmm. that thing of it being so many people's. Whereas spoken word, I'm writing it, I'm getting up on stage, I'm delivering it. Mm-hmm. There's there's no one in between. There's no the, safety net. No, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So, but it's kind of been beautiful to take to to allow control to go somewhere else. So mm-hmm. when I've done films and TV and things like that, you're aware that you have to go and have complete control over your role. Mm-hmm. But outside of that. 
it's very little to do with you. Whereas yes. I guess as the showrunner, you're the one that has to then look at all of these elements. Yes. And make well, sure you're getting the best of that actor and the best of the actual scene and the flow of the story and so on and so forth. Yes, and you have to be... So we have to be across every single sort of detail of everything. So you have to be both pedantic yeah. and also willing to go, that's a better idea. Just as I mean, like, like when, when someone is suggesting something, you also have to be flexible enough. And I sometimes find that quite tricky. So, yeah, for, yeah. like, we've done... Uh, there's been... Sometimes I remember there's a, uh, there was a script, San Junipero, which is a story that sort of takes place... To spoil it, it's sort of taking place in this sort of <laughs> VR fantasy yeah. world. And Owen, who's the director, wanted to have a scene where it was raining. Yeah. Um, and I was adamant absolutely adamant that it would not rain. Yeah, of course. Because I was like, but this place is like paradise. Why would you have it rain? It wouldn't rain. And he was like, yeah, but no one really, that doesn't matter. It's like, it will be like evocative. It'll... Yeah. And I was like, absolutely sticking to my guns about this for a good week yeah. until fire, and he would not drop it. And finally I sort of gave in and went, oh, oh, I suppose maybe it doesn't matter. And actually when you see the finished scene, I was like, oh yeah, what the hell was I thinking? I yeah. was a fucking idiot. He's, you, you, you see, that's an interesting episode because I think it, obviously it's one that got a lot of praise and was mm-hmm. kind of it stirred out in the series. But mm. I think part of it is because for ninety percent of it, it doesn't feel like a Black Mirror episode yes. until you get the reveal. So, on the subject of of sh- showrunners, mm-hmm. which again, like, we'll talk about a bit more because it's something that seems to have come over from America mm. and. For the better. The writers generally are the showrunners. They're on set. Yeah. They're having involvement, having input, rather than, here's my scripts. Mm-hmm. Annabelle will go and make it. Yes, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, it. Yeah, but, yeah. So, but it feels, the showrunner element feels all the more key in an anthology series. Because yeah. a, a linear narrative more naturally draws, it's the same story, therefore mm-hmm. it feels like the same show. With mm-hmm. anthology standalone episodes, you need to have someone overlooking it all to go, right, it's still Black Mirror. It's still yeah. part of this series, despite it being a yeah. standalone story. So how is that as a, as a as one of your duties or Annabelle's duties or whomever? Mm-hmm. You're absolutely right in that what we try to do, and, and San Junipero is a good example. As you say, it doesn't feel like a Black Mirror episode yeah. for a lot of it. And there's sort of a reason for that. It was sort of deliberate because that was the first, that was actually the first one I wrote when we went to Netflix. That was the first one I wrote. Right. And I was deliberately trying to upend what I thought the show was because we were doing six, basically we were going to do a season of six and up until that point we'd only done seasons of three and every single one we'd done had been quite bleak and nasty (laughs) or incredibly sad or what have you. And I thought, well, if I'm about to embark on doing six in this season, it will be incredibly predictable if they're all bleak and horrible. So I thought I'm going to write deliberately write an optimistic one and i was deliberately trying to write the most american thing i could think of as well to annoy people who were who had said oh it's going to get all american (laughs) so so it's partly those two things so you're trying but i was really 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 nervous that people would go that's not black mirror i don't like it i hate it and it turned out luckily that didn't we sort of got the opposite it was like became lots of people's favorite episode but we were trying to expand what the show was because Apart from anything else, that means our job becomes more fun. So we don't get locked into just making the, remaking the same episode over yeah, and over again. Completely. We can sort of tackle different genres. So we've tried to do that each season. What it means is you inevitably end up pissing off a set 
number of people because you're going to do stuff that some people don't like. So we try and do episodes that are almost specifically in different genres. And as the showrunner, you have to be mindful of what all the other episodes are. It is a weird one because individually on each story we do, the directors and everyone has a lot more leeway than they would in a in a linear season of course. because we want each one to feel idiosyncratic and to yeah. have its own personality and to be its own little world so annabelle and i have to also be sitting back going well we uh we we need to steer this one away from being a bit like that because we've got another story that's a bit like that yeah. so we're yeah. also trying to sort of make sure that each one is an outlier yeah i guess and i think that's the key on the sh- show showrunner side of things as well is having that wider outlook like you know what else is going on i mm-hmm. when i spoke to um a simon Pegg about this mm-hmm. the easiest example was when he was doing the star trek film that he'd mm-hmm. written he had a line in it where captain kirk says skip to the end right. which is a reference to spaced and they used to have that all the time in there and as an american the actor was like well get on with it well come on and improvising it was like having him there to say no that's actually that yes. bit of dialogue is key for a reason and i guess it's similar with black mirror because you've got mm-hmm. some technical a lot of technical stuff in there a lot of unusual double meanings back references all that kind of thing so rather than a writer being there to be nitpicky going that's not what i wrote yeah. it's there to go no this this part is important but do you also have that kind of comfort to go well that part you're free you know go yeah. you're the actor you're the one i've put in this role that's absolutely right you you it, it's it's fascinating to me I, I, I quite often listen to, like, screenwriting podcasts and things yeah. like that. And I find it, you know, I've not written for, like, the movie industry. I've not written, like, a film script yeah. and had that gone off and made. By, and that seems to me now, I think that would drive me mad. Because, you know, it seems like the writer's job is to come in, type, and fuck off, basically. And, like, they don't have any Literally. say yeah. in what's going on. And I've see, And you see it close up all the time how the script and every director is different some of them like religiously pay attention to every single line yeah. others you sort of get their their style is to sort of treat that as a loose guide yeah. you know and then they'll and and so sometimes they may not be paying attention to as you say like the logic of what's yeah. going on the meaning of the double meaning of something and so you do have to be there to catch all of that stuff and and equally in the edit it can come to the edit and you're like you know, you can see a cut of something. You think, hang on a minute, look, have you have you actually looked at the script here? Because it's quite clear that we've got to, you know, when this character says this line, we have to sort of show this other character yeah. is thinking this. You know, they don't have a line, but they're thinking this, or this is, or it's a close up of this object, or something like that. That's what. It, otherwise, it doesn't mean anything. Yeah, yeah. So, so quite often, you are there to catch this stuff and guide it, and hopefully, what that means is that the finished article has a lot more has its own personality and the, the, the narrative is clear or the intention is carried through from the script sort of yeah. right up to the ending. And I guess I hadn't really thought about it, but I suppose that is why at the moment there are so many TV shows that have a really clear personality yeah. to them, you know, the, the, because there is, they are the product of, you know, a limited number of minds who are sort of hovering over them, just guiding them back on track a bit and saying, yeah. like, heard it this way, basically. Yeah, yeah. completely. So I, I think the, the, the construct of an anthology series is genius 
in the modern world of consuming TV where everyone loves to be so on social media and hypercritical. Every time a Black Mm -hmm. Mirror series comes out, I seem to hear people raving about the episodes they loved Mm -hmm. rather than complaining about any they didn't like as Mm -hmm. much or whatever else. And I think, I mean, Game of Thrones is a prime example of this, but the first couple of episodes of this last series, that big fight one, the battle one, everyone's like, that was amazing. Then by the end, they're like, we need to rewrite the whole series. There's petitions (laughs) and... The Marvel series on Netflix, there's always a, oh, there was a lull in the in the middle of the series, mm. things like that. The beauty of an anthology series is you get to just, uh, in a way, it must be painful because it feels in some way more throwaway because mm. I didn't enjoy that. All right, forget about it. Yep. I'll move on to the next one. Mm. But there's a beauty there that people get to really love those ones that they love and not have it tarnished by a, a slower episode in the series or yes. whatever else. Well, it's, although it's, it's strange. And I, I, we, we've, talked about this a lot like on the show like that it's it's a double-edged sword in that you have so so we've just uh, we've just released a season that is only three episodes mm-hmm. so to speak. I, I, I say only it's basically because we did bandersnatch which was an interactive yes. one well that was originally part of the same season right. so we'd done it at the same time but as as we worked on that it became apparent it was so complicated it was <laughs> so huge. it was like it was yeah. huge so it was like doing a whole season in one go and we thought it's so distinctly different as a thing. We'll put that out separately, and then we'll do another sort. Of, we'll, we'll do the rest as like a yeah, as a as a smaller, a shorter than usual season, a bit later. What that has meant actually is that because we've done three in this season, the ones that people inevitably pe- there's people don't like particular ones, and 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 like one person will love episode one or hate episode one or what have you. It means they each now are carrying more weight yeah. if you see it as a whole as to whether people consider this season and also the order in which people watch them, which can be random. Yeah. So on the one hand, you're right in that people will gravitate towards, they'll say, oh, well, you know, oh, you've got to watch X, you know, episode three or whatever. You've got to watch episode four. You've got to watch this particular one. And then they will gloss over the ones that they didn't like so much. But um, that does mean that sometimes, because I do think sometimes you can watch, most of the time if you're watching a an ongoing season of something, there are episodes within it that are stronger or weaker than yeah, others, no matter yeah, what it is. 100%. It could be like Breaking Bad is probably one of the best TV yeah. shows ever made that I've ever seen. There are some episodes of it which which were not as good as that. But I don't notice because I'm enjoying the whole. Yeah, so on the other hand, you can the have that sort of, already. you get a charm modifier i guess is yeah. that a dungeons and dragons type thing you ever get a chart you get like plus five charm if you're already into the show if you see yeah. what I mean. but we are lucky in that i guess we are one of the few things we're lucky in that people will sit down and watch something that they don't actually know what's going to happen in it yeah. which is quite unusual because most of the time you you're sitting down to watch things where you've got a uh, you, you you don't know what you obviously you don't want to watch it because you know what's going to happen you don't want spoilers but you know it's going to involve this yeah. these characters and you know what the stakes are when and, you start and the more episode. and more so with tra- trailers and so yeah. much pre hype of films oh, and so things like that you know our far too much beforehand so yeah we have so many conversations about that it's so hard to trail because for this is now well, this is one of the reasons why an anthology show. And it's like the oldest format of television, basically, that there is, is like one-off plays, basically. But there was a reason why they weren't being broadcast for many years, and it's because the the ratings would tail off across a season, because there's no cliffhangers. And um, so we were sort of 
really it was one of the reasons why we only did a run of three originally yeah on channel four because you can't if you if we were doing that for like nine weeks it would, it would have been an audience of not even me by the end yeah probably. Yeah, yeah yeah you know because you don't have an impetus to wait a week and tune in whereas now that you've got these sort of platforms where it's like having a magic cupboard full of stuff in your house yeah yeah you, you can, can watch them when you wish you can watch it's a bit like we pretentiously think of it as like oh here's our mini film festival so yeah. Here's our or sh- our short story collection, and you can sort of pick and choose and eat them in whatever order you like. Um, and that suits anthologies down to the ground, and also because there's now so much stuff. It's a short commitment is to go, I don't know what to watch. I'll watch one episode of that thing. Yeah. I don't know if you have this, but I, I get... It's like commitment anxiety or something. It's like, like, like when, you're ch- when, when it's time to watch a new... Get into a new show... Yeah. You, I kind of almost have to wait until like three people have personally told me to watch it. Yeah. I also have to look at, ha- at how many episodes. How it many is, episodes? Like how long? Six. They are. All right, I'll give that a look. But yeah, and it's bizarre because I had one that I'd had people recommend it, um, and it was Bl- Bloodline, I think it was. I had yeah. people recommend it, and it had two series, and I was like, twelve episodes a series. And I was like, well, if it's good, that should be an exciting thing. Yeah, you should be going. Oh, there's a whole freezer of ice cream. Yeah. This is great. There's so much. It'll last me forever. Rather, I'm going, oh, that's a lot of ice cream. (laughs) I know exactly what you mean. Well, you don't want to commit. It's like buying a flipping house or something. It's like, I don't know. Do I want to? What's it like? What's the area like? uh, I need a survey done first. Um, But then, as you say, if you then, if you start watching it and and like something clicks for you a couple of episodes in, you're like, oh, brilliant. It's like having a nice warm bath. I've got all this to, to, to look forward to as it unfurls in front of me. But absolutely, I look at things... I'll sort of. Uh, I wish you could sort by length. Do you know what I mean? Like, like, and, and I'll look yeah. at things and think, how long is that? Or, and weirdly, a film often feels to me like, oh, that's what two hours. Yeah. But I think nothing of watching three episodes or something back to back. But like a two-hour film, like, oh, I don't know about that. I think there's going to be a more of a trend for shorter things. I don't know if did you see Russian Doll? Yes, on Netflix. I loved was, it. Every episode of that was about twenty-nine I, minutes. I watched it in one sitting. Yeah, because I literally had. I was doing I was, do, I was I was doing something that evening. And I looked and I was like, I've got four hours. Yeah. There's eight episodes and they're just under half hour each. I was like, yeah. I'll start it and I might stop it. Yeah. But then I just yeah, just watch well, all of it. It's it's also it's just knowing there's lots of exits. Yeah. There's lots of exit ramps. If You've you don't like breaks. it's like after thirty yeah. minutes I can just leave. So hopefully we sort of we kind of absorb a bit of that because our episodes tend to be about an hour. Sometimes they're much shorter. Sometimes they're longer. Yeah. But like the longest one we've ever done was like ninety minutes. Yeah. Um, and even then, we had a discussion as to whether we were going to cut it in half and present it as right. two forty-five-minute yeah. episodes. Yeah. And but it means that, and because you can only watch, you, you only need to watch one. You're not. It's it's not a huge. Not like buying a house. After yeah. All. Yeah. I mean, people are starting to to, to feel on this podcast that I'm massively. Um, on on Netflix's dick, but it's one of the beautiful <laughs> things of Netflix, right? Mm-hmm. Is that it's got that freedom. Yeah, the OA really excited me because that yeah. would have episodes that are ninety minutes long. It'd have and then have one that's twenty eight minutes long, yeah. and it'd just have that huge variation. How has that been moving onto Netflix from Channel Four? Because you've then got this. It's not, and again, I think mm-hmm. Channel Four has made some of the best stuff. It's mm-hmm. one of the most important channels in the world, mm-hmm. let alone in the UK, for, for original content. But with Netflix, you've then got that freedom of not having to fit in 
the hour yeah. minus advert slot, the nine o'clock slot, the ten mm-hmm. p.m. slot. You've got oh, you've just create. You can. It's well. It's now. It's so. It's both a blessing and it's not a curse. But there's so on the one hand, you can. You're absolutely right. You can do episodes of literally any length mm-hmm. basically so i think our shortest one is about 37 minutes yeah um and our longest like i say is like 90 how mad is it that everyone who's looked at that 37 minute one has gone yes, <laughs> gone, yes. and then it's, it's like one of the most short. depressing violent <laughs> horrible like yeah <laughs> no but you're right yes, people probably do go it's great oh, god for that um they so but but it's interesting in that when when we were when i was first writing the channel four episodes i would be conscious while writing and i think it was a good discipline to have i would write in literally in the script end of part one right. part two and so i'd try and put a little a mini cliffhanger yeah, like, and, yeah. I'd, and it was also just psychologically it was good when you're writing to think oh i only have to write the next like eight minutes or so yeah, and then yeah, that's and a then chunk a gap. yeah and also actually to be fair to them we did our second ever episode which was um 15 million merits which has got daniel kalua and yeah. jessica brown findlay in it were um that was a, that was an unusual length it was actually it was like didn't fit into their normal slots yeah. but they let us put it out Wicked. like that but but generally speaking it's good you can you can it is possible to succumb to streaming bloat have you heard of this phrase no streaming bloat is when because you can have an episode that's like however long you yeah. do whereas when you're doing when you are doing stuff for broadcast and it's got to be like 43 minutes or whatever, yeah. you end up, there's always a point where the channel says this has to be, you know, 43 minutes, whatever. And you're like, well, I can't possibly, this is, you're asking me to cut part of my wonderful tapestry together. It'll all fall apart. It's impossible. And when you sit down and actually go through it, you go, oh, you could lose that. Yeah. Bit. And it it's, usually gets better. It's the key of n- knowing the rules and choosing to mm-hmm. break them rather than, than just breaking them, right? Yes, hopefully, hopefully. And directors are always going to want to present you with a cut that's like two hours long, yeah. like the first one, <laughs> every time. Because there's, and, and sometimes they've got their own, like there's a shot they particularly like. Yeah. like. yeah, that's good. Don't actually move the story on, so we might just lose that. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, uh, but, but then equally, sometimes it's nice to be a little indulgent. So you're balancing it. Like yeah, so, completely. Yeah. So in 2000, I think it was 2005 or 2006, I played Glastonbury for the mm-hmm. first time. And we did a backstage gig in the BBC. I remember tent. seeing you there. And I saw you in the crowd, mm. Ashleen from Big Brother, and Alan Yentov was yep. in a chair asleep at the back, <laughs> which was a wonderful thing for our first Glastonbury. And one of the reasons it was exciting was at that point, the Guardian Guide was a must yep. buy for me, largely because of your column. Oh, well, so thank you. How's it been, number one, to go from critiquing tv to create in your own and then to being on the other side of it and having to receive the critique <laughs> it's weird in that and, and what was odd was when i so when i was writing tv columns i was already doing tv stuff already done some tv stuff yeah kind of before i started doing that if you see what i mean so i was a sort of i don't know if that makes me a is that like a gamekeeper turned poacher turned <laughs> yeah. gamekeeper again type, yeah. or a poacher? I don't, I don't know what order I've done those things. <laughs> yeah. So it's been very str- – I think I learned a lot through writing those columns. It meant that, A, I was what, I was exposed to a lot of shows that I probably would not have watched, yeah. if you see what I mean. Like, be they reality shows or even things like – I remember watching the Battlestar Galactica reboot. Yeah. 
like, and I wouldn't not have, I probably wouldn't have watched it. I would, yeah. it, it, I, it, I would have assumed it was shit. Yeah, Do you know what I mean? Just, I'd have gone, oh, Battlestar so Galactica. Uh, and I was like really impressed when I watched it. And there were loads of things that I got hooked upon. And I guess at the same time, I was absorbing a lot of stuff that I wouldn't, that I wouldn't normally, you know, just on a level that I then ended up regurgitating later yeah, on when we're doing yeah. the show. So, so that side of things has been quite odd. And at the time, I didn't. It, I was doing. I was. I was doing TV stuff as well, but it was sort of very. I started doing, you know, niche sort of like like the wipe shows were fairly, you know, were yeah. but they weren't um, dramas. You know, yeah, they weren't. Yeah, it wasn't like narrative stuff. So when I did uh, Dead Set, which was mm-hmm. two thousand and eight. I remember being very, very anxious about how that might be received because I knew I was primarily known as at the time as being a TV reviewer. Yeah. And so it felt like it's pretty cheeky to do that for years and then put a TV show out. Yeah, yeah. Um, let alone one that we, that had a, a premise that was preposterous, which was this zombies attacking the Big <laughs> yeah. Brother house. But we were playing, largely playing straight, although there's a lot of sort of dark comedy yeah. in it. It's basically a horror, yeah. you know. Andy uh, Nyman is the perfect Andy person Nyman. to play straight, but have that humour oh, and God. horror Andy in Nyman there. Andy Nyman was like, of that, right? as, soon as, uh, as soon as we cast Andy Nyman, I hadn't written all the episodes at that point, I just kept expanding his part, like, <laughs> yeah, massively, massively, giving him more of the early and more stuff to say. For Riz Ahmed as well, who at that point yeah. I was working with musically a lot. So I remember the yeah. excitement <laughs> of him kind of being like um, that, well, on I this mean, mad Channel 4 thing. I know it's nuts. We've been so fortunate as well with actors generally yeah. across all the stuff I've done. It's like, yeah, it's like, it's amazing to look back and go, yeah, there's Riz Ahmed Dan, in that episode. Daniel Clue and all, um, all these Daniel different Kluwer, people who yeah. from then gone on to... To like, explode. Things, yeah. Um, despite appearing in our shit. Um <laughs> No, but so so then I like did that, and I thought I was going to get torn apart. Yeah, but I was I sort of thought, well, I know, you know, when we'd finished editing the show, I thought I think this is good. So yeah. at least I think that. So if I get torn apart, at least I think it's good. Yeah. So and then luckily we didn't get torn apart. Yeah. Now and generally speaking, I think critics are fairly kind to 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 the stuff I've done. When I have had negative reviews. So on some level it goes, obviously it goes in, you can't not go in, but equally I remember talking to Russell T Davis and he said that when he reads criticism, it's like no one can say anything that's worse than whatever he said in his own head while he's writing. (laughs) Completely. And I've got, so I've got the fucking screen burn guy in my head when I'm writing, (laughs) it's that. So often, quite often. You're critiquing your own stuff. Yeah, now the other week, the other week uh, we got a, there was one review. It was incredibly scathing. Right. It was like something in the new season. Yeah. Incredibly, incredibly scathing. And I read it, and on some level you're like a bit wounded. But on the other level, I thought that you call that a fucking slagging. You yeah. fuck, you're pathetic. Yeah, I'll on. send you a copy of my fucking <laughs> criticism book so you can see how to properly... If you're going to pour a bucket of shit, <laughs> put your fucking back into it, mate. Um, so, you know, so on some level I can sort of think, well, I probably would have written a, a better drubbing than that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and also I can't... So it would be... And although obviously it, 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 it's it, beautiful it, to have that to hold over them that they can, can attack go, you and you know that you could have attacked better. I so. could have attacked them <laughs> myself better. And I sort of think, well, 
Uh, it also, apart from nothing else, though, it would be a bit rich for me to then complain and go, yeah. well, how oh, you hurt my feelings, having, yeah. you know, given some of the fucking things that I would write about things. Although I think I was generally, generally, I think I erred on the side of firm but fair. Yeah. But, you know, I would sometimes definitely write things just because I thought they were funny. Yeah. Um, so, but like I say, you can't, it's, it's only, it only wounds you if, Either if they're applying a, a, what you think is a misattributed sort of intention to what you were doing, if you think, yeah. well, no, that isn't what I meant. You've got that wrong. Yeah, or if there's something where you thought, or if, if, if you think they're onto something and you think, yeah, I knew that. I sort of knew that on yeah. some level. And so, yeah, all right, I was just doing my best. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Leave me alone. Um, but, yeah, so that is weird. It is weird to sort of be on that, to have made that transition. But equally, it's like with anything, you know, you, you sort of like everyone, ever, you know, uh, and doing the show with, with so many sort of varied and deliberately trying to make sort of a, a variety of episodes means that you are going to annoy people almost as often as you please them. Yeah. So you have to be sort of philosophical about it. Yeah. Mm. Well, I'm a, I'm a regular person and in my life I'd say around... That's, that's a sinister thing to say. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, never trust anyone. To see I'm just normal, uh, me. No, in, in, <laughs> move in, along. In, 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 I'd say once a month, <laughs> I hear people say that'd make a good Black Mirror episode. Right? How much do you have to put up with people going? <laughs> I tell you what, I've got a good Black Mirror. Oh, I'll give you this idea for free. Uh, you can have this one. <laughs> Ego is is a Black Mirror idea. Uh, I have to tune a lot of that out, <laughs> partly because if I am thinking of something, you don't want somebody to then sort of like a year down the line, be watching Black Mirror and go, hang on a minute, that's I... I told him I that. I tweeted you that. Yeah. You know, um, so, so so you either don't look at it, or most of the time, actually, when we've had people pitch us ideas, um, I think the most successful... Like, it's weirdly... The more popcorn the idea is, the more likely I am to go, oh, yeah, actually. Yeah. Whereas yeah. I think sometimes people assume that we want... We want the show to be like heavily thematic, or like oh, I've done, I've come up with an idea that nails the refugee crisis, or something yeah, like that. Yeah, and you yeah, kind of think, yeah. well, eh, when we've done episodes that are too earnest, is when we tend to slip a little. I think. Um, and so, really, you know, for me, our best episodes revolve around something that is quite that could be a real sort of cornball movie or is a good sort of campsite yeah. like, like a, 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 a tale around the campfire sort of thing and then if there's a thematic level to it that comes out you you sort of realize that along the way but we have to start out being intrigued by a sort of silly idea often, yeah. it's often a silly idea like yeah. at the start so so that happens I, I also get people sort of like i constantly am told oh have you seen this in the news this is quite black mirror oh, yeah. samsung have brought out a you know, a vibrating egg that like attaches to your brain and whispers pictures into your mind's eye. Well, you know, whatever is, it is. is that out now? Is that probably <laughs> almost certainly is, isn't it? Um, is is there anything and is it enjoyable or painful or annoying to see the amount of things that seem to come to life from stuff that that, that, that you've written? Again, I, I spoke to Amanda Iannucci <laughs> about this because the yeah. thick of it has basically become. The UK yes. Veep has basically, but it, it, it's it's mad. But of, I mean, the obvious one that people called out was of the David Cameron and, and the, the pig. pig. That was a strange <laughs> one. But I think, yeah, um, the which one was it? I made an, a note of in in 
in this just past or oh, oh, the Waldo ones. Mm-hmm. Uh, sorry, in this past election with the yep. Brexit party, who mm-hmm. again you can love or hate Farage, preferably hate, but it's mm-hmm. your choice. They're a party who have got these votes, and I'm, I saw someone on TV saying, "You've got to be impressed with how well they've done, considering they don't have any policies." Mm. And my argument is the opposite. You yeah. should be furious at how well or they've terrified. done, considering yeah. they haven't got any policies. So how is that when you kind of, you come up with these, as you said, <laughs> some often silly ideas, yeah. and then it's like, all right, that that found its way into reality. How, well, it's, how terrifying. It's weird. I mean, obviously, like, the Cameron one was just, that was sort of random and <laughs> fucking strange. That yeah. was literally, that I genuinely, I genuinely, genuinely had a moment of thinking, the wor- this world isn't real. Yeah. Like that that's too weird. I must be my whole life must be some sort of I'm dreaming. Well did I know something? something? I didn't know yeah. I knew. <laughs> well I just thought that genuinely I did and yeah. I thought that thing is the world a simulation that yeah. but that's quite a narcissistic thing to think like that revolves around my weird fantasy about the Prime Minister fucking a pig. Whatever. <laughs> so but then when it comes to things like say the Waldo moment, which was an episode where at the time I kind of felt I didn't quite get the stakes right in the script. And I hadn't quite... Weirdly, it probably should have been a separate thing, like a mini-series or something yeah. like that. I would have had more time to think about the setup for it. But what we did, I guess, we we had sort of... It was about something that was in the ether. And what it was... Uh, like it, was, it came about because of two things. One was um, when I was doing Nathan Barley with Chris Morris, we'd had this yes. idea of doing a... We wanted to do, at one point, a storyline that revolved around somebody launching an MP that was an animation. Yeah. And the idea was it was a bit like gorillas. Yeah. Or something yeah, like that. Yeah, so yeah. it was and the more we discussed it, the more we thought, God, that would be it would be like unassailable. Because yeah. you would say, yes, it's a cartoon. So it would be able to say anything it wanted. And by sort of because you would because its handlers would be deliberately lifting the curtain and going, Yeah, it's not real. Yeah. This thing isn't real. It it would sort of it, it it would kind of um, disrupt everything. Yes. Yeah. So that idea had not, but we didn't use it in the series, but it, it hadn't left my head. And then the more I was looking at people like Farage or Boris Johnson. Yeah. So it's sort of Boris Johnson really because it was, I was thinking, well, here's, here's somebody who is, who the news to all intents and purposes treats like he's a comic character in a sitcom. And he's a cunt. Yeah, 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 <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, So, but so you could you could have something that starts out where there is a there it, it's a joke, but it, it and and it also appeals to people who just want to throw a spanner in the works, yeah. which is a totally understandable desire. Is to look at the world and go, this isn't working. I want to vote for anything, you know, anything except what I'm getting at the moment. But that, that that could quite easily translate into something sort of unstoppably nasty. Yeah. Was sort of the, but but so at the time, I remember not, you know, I didn't think it was likely to happen. It yeah. was also slightly a common joke because at the time I was doing, I think I'd been doing 10 O'Clock Live, which was right, like, like yeah. the live comedy thing. And sometimes you get people going, I wish you guys were running the country. And I'd think, you, no, you don't. Honestly, you don't want any don't, comedian yeah. type people running the country because <laughs> yeah. they're fucking hapless idiots. Yeah. No. Um, well, I mean, I'm always fascinated by where the ideas come from and where they start. And, and I mean, you touched upon that there with it mm-hmm. being an offshoot of, of a Nathan Barley idea, which, interestingly, I love the Nathan Barley reference in the third episode of this oh. one, the sugar <laughs> ape on the, on, on the back wall in the office was great. Um, 
smithereens in this one. Mm-hmm. When the song ca- comes in at the end, it suddenly felt oh, the can't can't take my eyes off of you. It suddenly felt like <laughs> that's that that is that where it because it feels like that being sung to a phone rather than a human just felt like the perfect catalyst <laughs> for such a. Uh, uh, unfolding idea of going. All right, this is our obsession. That actually came in. That came in later. Actually, yeah. that came in much later it on. It fits so perfectly. It was right? because the, and there was uh, because it was a. Uh, it we wanted something. We knew we wanted a song that you could hear again and again and again. That they play on a loop. They play on a loop to him to calm him down. It's quite a calming yeah, sort yeah, of song yeah. actually, um, and that would then have a sort of darkly ironic. Yeah. Meaning to it. So sometimes. So that was one that came in in the edit and at the very last minute actually. Wow. Other times there's been ones like that where I literally hear something and I think it's got to be that. So San Junipero, we used like Belinda Carlisle yeah. track, which was literally, I'd gone for a run and I heard it and I thought, oh, oh it's got to be that. And I sort of ran home, write, wrote it in the script and then was praying that we could clear it. So it sort of depends, really. Yeah. Sometimes, sometimes literally, I like to go occasionally now I'll go running and that is really helpful I find to sort of because your brain switches off and I'll always be listening to music and sometimes suddenly something suggests something itself clicks, yeah yeah because that's always a bit of a it's always a bit of a mystery how you get into that position yeah. so I tend to write not always I t- often tend to write late at night yeah standing up now wow that's... like with a sort of like I've not got a standing desk but I've got a thing that goes on top of the desk that you yeah. can make go up and down so standing up because it's slightly uncomfortable. Yeah. So you don't waste time googling. Yeah. And right. listening to music, and I can I can only I if I'm it. if I'm actually in the process of writing, I can't listen to music with lyrics in it. Yeah. Because I start, it's, it's, I don't know what it, it it stops me unmooring myself. Yeah. If you sort that of makes me, or I'm sense. hearing words yeah. going in. So I've just built this big playlist full of sort of like electronic stuff Amazing. that's often quite sort of trancey. Yeah. And the, and that kind of helps you i think where it helps me slightly forget about the clock and forget about what i'm doing because what you're trying to do what i'm trying to do when i'm writing is like daydream a little film and describe it if yeah. you send me yeah, as i go yeah, along yeah. so although i have to, you also have you i've got a map so i've got a sort of i've got a storyline i'm much better at planning now than right. I used to be so i've got a sort of loose map that i've got to i should follow but then i'm trying to sort of drift off yeah. While keeping my fingers moving. That sounds a bit weird. It's bizarre. Uh, mm. So I'll wrap things up now. Um, mm-hmm. So what's ahead? Is 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 the focus going to be more and more of Black Mirror? Are there other projects that you're keen to get to get into? Uh, oh, I'm not, you know what? I'm not allowed to say. I'm not allowed to say. That's I okay. mean, there's That's basically exciting. more stuff. Stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I think we'd be de- definitely uh, the, uh, nothing stopping me doing more Black Mirror. So yeah. um, I can say that. And there'll be more more things, yeah. I've got, which is quite good because I, <laughs> I slightly because we just delivered our like the, the the we took quite a long time doing special effects actually on 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 some of these ones this time yeah. around, and um so for me I've had it relatively I've had a relatively light writing schedule over the last um, couple of months, which means right. I've now got a I think a healthy level of panic. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So, I, and I've got a load of things I need to do and a healthy level of panic, which is also a re- deadline. It's a good combination. Really I like good, it. Yeah. Well, yeah. perfect. Well, thank you very much for your time. Thank it's you. been an absolute pleasure. Nice one.
You've been listening to Scroobius Pip's Distraction Pieces. There we go. That was Charlie Brooker, the much, uh, the long-awaited. Um, interestingly, he pops up in a future episode because it's, it's not out for a few weeks, but two days after I recorded this, I was recording an episode with someone else and Charlie pops his head in the room to say a little hello. I'm not sure if it'll pick up on Mike. I think it will. In fact, that's a little tip now to Buddy Peace to check out that other one that I recorded a couple of days after this. In fact, I'll talk to you personally, Buddy. I don't need to conduct business in front of all these people, and I'd appreciate if you show some professionalism in that respect. Thank you very much. Um, yeah, if you want to support the podcast or get the, the bonus episodes and the poem of the month, they're all over on um, patreon.com slash pip. Speech Development Records is where all the shit is going down. If you want to buy merch, if you want your summer wear, we will sort you out and hook you up. In the meantime, check out podbiblemag.com or podbible on all the socials. It's the place for all your podcast recommendations, reviews, interviews and blogs. Um, The podcast is to come. Podbible podcast is on its way uh, next month. So that's exciting. But um, yeah, go and get up to date on all things Podbible. Do the follows, interact, engage. It's really cool because with Pod Bible, we're building this kind of place just for podcast fans to interact and engage and recommend things to each other as well. So we'll recommend stuff, but then we'll also ask stuff f- f- from you guys t- t- to recommend. So if you're a podcast fan, head there. If you've got a podcast, head there. Get involved, become part of our little community, and uh, spread the word of pod. I will be back next week with the one Danny Boyle. I hope you all go and see yesterday at the weekend. It's uh, it's cracking and really good fun. Um, I'll see you soon. Ta-ta! That ta-ta was like, it would, uh, you thought I was going to end then, and I very nearly did. I went to press stop. But that ta-ta sounded like the beginning of um, Antics Roadshow. Ta-ta, 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 ta If you want to drop a beat in here, buddy, that'd be cool. Ta-ta, ta-ta, in fact, speaking of Westwood, I'm never going to end these intros and outros today. I'm feeling chatty, yo. Um, I, I'm actually feeling chatty because I had an annoying week and I had some stuff that really annoyed me. And for the, the first time in a long time, I did like a kind of vague tweet being like, yo, I ain't, <laughs> I ain't here for the bullshit. And it's true, but um, I'm feeling chatty now because I'm b- back up and perky and killing it on, on, on all avenues I can be allowed onto. Um but if you didn't see earlier in the week, L- Limmy, go and look at L- Limmy, Daft Limmy, on the socials. Go and look on his page and find the clip of his Twitch stream when Ian Lee uh, stole some of his patter. Um, <laughs> I don't know if Ian because I know Ian Lee and Limmy know each other, but I don't think they know each other that well. And there was this whole thing that played out where Limmy was streaming live on twitch and people came on to tell him that ian lee was playing a clip that lemmy has played again recently but has had on his blog for years and it's of tim westwood Um, it's on lemmy's blog it's hilarious it's of tim westwood getting angry about someone stealing his joints and he's gonna 
calling out Sheffield University and Hallam and um, I'm going to drive down there and I'm going to listen to 50 Cent all the way and it's great and again credit to Limmy I don't want to get involved in this beef I don't want to be a, to carry a surrogate patter baby but um, go and check that out it's hilarious It's it'll be on Limmy's Twitter feed somewhere um, it's like a 45 minute video but it's worth watching because you get to watch this gold unfold. Um, anyway, I guess I'll end the podcast. Buddy, if you'd like to bring the me doing the Antiques Roadshow back in, with a beat and everything again, then feel free to end on that. Otherwise, I will see you all next week. But in, oh, no, I was going to extend it then. Just if you're a fan of the Hardcore Listing podcast, 76 has been doing a thing recently where... If they make a weird noise, he then loops it and scratches it and puts beats under it. But yeah, anyway, I'll see you all next week with Danny Boyle. Bye.